Welcome back to Bible Love. We are recording um, in the fifth week of Lent. This is coming out on Thursday in that week. I wanted to say that this was Monday Thursday because clergy this time, number one, I was off this past weekend. And so I don't actually know what day it is. You're lucky I'm here. Um, it's not <laughs> I had to Thursday. remind him it's not yeah. Monday Thursday. <laughs> so clergy, you got another week. I was writing all these sermons this morning thinking, oh, my gosh, no, you have another week. It's Thursday in the fifth week of Lent. And so the collect for today, let us pray. Oh God, you have called us to be your children and have promised that those who suffer with Christ will be heirs with him of your glory. Arm us with such trust in him that we may ask no rest from his demands and have no fear in his service. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Well, last week, uh, Dr. Mark reminded us that I I just loved that conversation. I hope y'all go back and listen to it. I mean, honestly, I didn't talk very much because, which is surprising for me, but because he just didn't talk much, but that's less surprising. That's less surprising, right? But he had um, so much good stuff to say. But one of the things he reminded us is that the Psalms are prayers. And um, he also reminded us that so much of the daily office is um, includes the Psalms. And so if you remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the Benite, which is um, a Psalm and one we do in morning prayer a lot. And so I asked Alan if today we could talk about um, the Jubilate, which is also a Psalm at Psalm 100, and it's used in morning prayer a lot. Um and it's really a prayer of thanksgiving. I mean, I think that's even what it's called. When you look it up, it says a psalm of thanksgiving, okay? Um, and so I love the first line, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. So it really goes in line with what we were talking about last week with Mark, right, is that sometimes it's hard for us, especially those of us that aren't singers, to make a no- joyful noise to the Lord. But there's something about being in church and like feeling more comfortable in that, making a joyful noise together in corporate worship. Um, Alan, you're not a singer either. Um, and so I, do you ever, do you feel that way, like more comfortable? Cause you know, there's other people around you. There may be bad singers too. Well, I think about that and, um, yeah, number one, there's cover in a crowd. I sound a lot worse at eight o'clock than I do at 1030 because there, <laughs> there's, Fewer voices, but right. I, right, like, you know, this says make a joyful noise. It doesn't say make a beautiful noise. My dad, right. so my dad was a musician and a singer. My dad had a beautiful voice. We have similar speaking voices. And so everyone thought I would have a similar bass singing voice. I decided to play baseball instead of go to choir. And so I don't. But my, uh, when I was growing up, my dad was um, part of a group that led music at my church and they were called Joyful Noise. And the thing they always that. talked about, I mean, they had it. their guitarist used to, to be a backup guitarist for Steppenwolf. And like they they're legit musicians, mm-hmm. but their whole deal was like, we're not making a beautiful noise. We're making a joyful noise. And so I model this. Um, one of the many ways I try to model vulnerability in my congregation 
is I sing and I try to sing out where people can hear. And I can sometimes find notes and it sounds okay. Sometimes not so much, but like, it's not about that, right? It's about our response to what God has done. It's about us singing praises to God. You know, God's got the best audio filters in the world, I guess, because he hears it all. God hears it all as, as a beautiful noise, despite what we make. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm right on the same page. And I think you're right. Modeling and and in seminary, like we did learn, we had specific liturgical music classes and like we did learn. Um, but, you know, it's I'm just just not don't have much musical. I love music, but it's just like that talent is not in me. All right. I, I think what I'd like to do is read the whole Jubilate and then we'll kind of break it down because I think people just it's just gorgeous. It's just such a beautiful psalm. So make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. So I actually have the Jubilate down in my funeral planning um, as one of the Psalms that I want because it just like, I feel like it, like it just encompasses exactly how I feel about God And like, it's one of those things that like every day, you know, we can find, if we can find this, this goodness, this steadfast love. Um, I mean, there's so many favorite parts, but it is he who made us and we are his. Like, I think I've said this before. One of my favorite songs is um, in Christ alone. And, and there's this line that for I am his and he is mine. And I think that's where this comes from. And then again, we get that imagery of, um, the sheep of his pasture, um, entering his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And I, I, again, you know, I'm always a half glass full gal on here, but I do think that it like, it just gives words where I can't and how much I love the Lord. And for those of us that need that every day, I just think this is such a beautiful way to start your morning um, and your day in that Psalm of Thanksgiving. Yeah, I absolutely think so. I mean, there's a way that, or there's a reason that this is there and, you know, We've talked about this a bunch in the Psalms, right? David had a lot going on in his life. Not everything was rosy. You know, the people who sang these songs had a lot going on in their lives. It wasn't always rosy, but give thanks to the Lord. I mean, it's a constant reminder. We put it at the morning at a daily prayer. And so when we pray it, someday it's going to be a really crappy day ahead of you. And you know, it's going to be a really happy, sorry, crappy day. Maybe mm-hmm. it'll be a happy day, but, but our, our posture to God, um, can and should always be one of, of thankfulness. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it just gives that over and over. Okay, so we talked about making a joyful Lord, noise to the Lord, 
all the earth. So when I think about all the earth, I, I, I feel like, again, that's encompassing like all of God's people. Every single one of us is important and not just the people, but again, back to that creation, the earth, the necessariness of us taking care of it. Um, and then serve the Lord with gladness. So I was in a conversation yesterday at church and um, I was kind of a new person and they were like, so is this the kind of church where people like just sit or are they, do they do, you know? And I was like, oh my gosh, such good doers. There's some things, you know, like I can't get anybody there at seven thirty in the morning to turn the coffee on, but I'm there, you know, so I just do that. Um, but I think it is, it is in this Psalm that we read, like serve the Lord, but also serve the Lord with gladness. Like what can we do to do that every day? I was talking to my youth group last night. And again, I was like, how do you serve the Lord and with gladness? And, you know, their answer is go up to someone who is, you know, feeling left out. One of them had just gone on a trip to Washington and um, the another girl in their group, the roommate got sick and she couldn't go. And so they just made sure that, you know, this young girl was included. And that's serving the Lord with gladness, even in like this small little thing. And I was just so proud of them for finding those things. Um, and, and even when I say to them, okay, this summer, y'all, we're going to have water ball, kickball, and we're going to have a litter cleanup and we're going to have soup kitchen, you know, and yes, they might be screaming about water ball, kickball, but they are just as happy to do the soup kitchen and the litter cleanup because that's serving the Lord with gladness. And we got to find time in our day to do that every day. And I, I think that's really hard for people because we're busy. And how do we find that? You know, um, I find it hard to find that space. I don't know if you do. Um, and we get paid to do this, you know, so I think about the people that are lay ministers and they don't get paid, but how do they find that time? And, you know, maybe it is just like working out in your yard and beautifying God's creation. Maybe it is writing a note to someone. Um, maybe it is, you know, praying for someone, all of those things are serving the Lord with gladness. Even when it hurts a little bit. It's finding the ways to do that. And I remember the conversations we had. I don't remember when it was. I think it was Leviticus when it was instructions on like, you know, building the temple. Maybe I don't remember where it was. It's been so long ago. But there were specific roles for everybody. And we Mm -hmm. talked about how people find their place. And I think about how do you serve the Lord, you know? Yesterday, St. Martin's had grubby Sunday. It's kind of our work Sunday. You know, yeah. everyone after church, we work in the memorial garden. We wash the window. We do everything, get this place spotless for Easter. I happen to be out of town. And so a lot of work got done because the rector wasn't in the way. Um, Good but, timing. Yeah, it was great timing. I waited to figure out the grubby Sunday schedule before I planned all of my uh, trips. Very smart. Very no, smart. but I think, I mean, there were kids that were, clean, you know, I heard about, Elliot, who was washing windows, or I heard about the little girl who was walking around with a bucket asking everyone, do you want a bottle of water? Right. That's, you know, she's not going to be out there digging things or cutting down bushes, but she can help bring water bottles to folks. And so yeah. no matter who it is, they can find a way to serve. And they, you're talking about youth. You know, I, I think back to vacation Bible school last year 
in my time here, it's the best thing I've seen our youth do. It's where they bonded the most as a group. It's where I saw them have the most fun. It's not when we go to the bowling. That stuff's fun. The bowling alley, the bounce, all that stuff. But when they were had a common purpose together, they were teaching yeah. these little kids things and trying to corral um, knuckleheads. Yeah, There was something about serving together that really forged the, the youth of this place. Yeah, I love that. And the, the second part of that is coming to his presence with singing, right? So we got to serve him, but also with gladness, but we also have to sing and we have to make that joyful noise and whatever that singing may be, you know, um, I, I just, I love that. The third line is know that the Lord is God and it is he who made us and we are his. Um, you know, I talked about this just a minute ago, but there's just something so tender to me, Alan, about knowing that I, yeah, I am my mom and dad's for sure. I am my husband's. I am my siblings, you know, all of that. But really the love that God has for me, that their love for me doesn't even compare to that. And I, I don't think we can fully understand that until we're walking the gates of heaven. But just to know that I'm so loved. And I think my, I, I feel like probably my parishioners get sick of me because Basically, that is what I say every Sunday. Basically, that is what we say at the end of this podcast every week. Like, you are so loved, not just by us, but most importantly, by God, you know, and we just need to hear that over and over and over and over again. I was texting with my bishop this morning, um, and I didn't realize it was his day off. Shame on me. I've got to learn that. But of course he was like, Oh, shame on him. That's yeah, he shouldn't have responded. But of course he was like so gracious. But I, I ended it and I was like, just remember you're the best bishop ever. God loves you. You know, I just felt this need to like say that because he needs to hear that too, you know? Um, and I'm sure your parishioners are like this. They are like so good at reminding me how loved I am, you know? But really the one we need to look for for the most love is God. And that's what it says right here in the Psalm. Yeah. I mean, I, lots of thoughts there. One has to do with grubby Sunday. You know, I, Monday mornings I come in and the finance people are, are, you know, doing the count and making all that stuff. And I stop in and say hi and, and all that. And I was commenting one of the people that, that helped lead grubby Sunday was there. And I was talking about, you know, it's amazing what y'all can get done when, when the clergy's away. And, um, my, financial administrator was like, yeah, maybe that's a reminder that you can take a day off. Yeah. Because she sees me a lot. She's up here. I struggle with days off. Um, me too. And so she is a great reminder that like, yeah, this place they wants did you it. to be in for the long They did haul. it without you yesterday. Yeah, they did, yeah, they they did fine. Me. Yeah. Did Stephanie fun. was the supply clergy, a friend of mine, a, a curate colleague of mine. She was great. I mean, they probably want her now instead of me. Like, I mean, that's a remind. That's what Sabbath is. This is off the topic of the Jubilate, but a Sabbath is a reminder that we're actually not necessary for the continuing existence of God's plan. So true. Preach um, it for the ones in the back, brother. But but then the other thing you have me thinking of is a conversation I had this weekend. A couple different parts, but one, someone was asking like, "What's my job?" Right? Like, we've got weird jobs. I'm a priest. Yeah, we, you know. we do have weird jobs. Am I a teacher? Am I a preacher? What do I do? 
And like the way I boiled it down is like, my job is to remind people that God loves them. Right. And that can come in like helping explain the scriptures that can come and encouraging people to take part in God's mission. That can come in a lot of ways, but like none of it matters unless folks remember that God loves them. And then, you know, the conversation spilled over like a reason that that language comes to me is because that's what I tell folks parenting is like mm -hmm. I have to do a lot of crap parenting. But like my number one job is to remind the boys that I love them. Yeah. Right. I have to correct them. God has to correct us. Right. I have to teach them. I have to do all of these things. But that's all secondary. None of that actually sticks or works unless they remember that they're mine and that I have a responsibility to them. I think that's so beautifully said. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people that can like get really caught up in, are we doing it right? Are we, you know, is the acolytes perfect or whatever? But I said this yesterday to somebody, I have a deep respect for our altar, but I have much more respect for the people around that altar and showing them God's love. And I'm not perfect at it, but I completely agree with you. The best part of my job and the most important part of my job is letting people know that God loves them. And that can be through me or that can be through somebody else or whatever. But if I'm not doing that, I'm not doing my job. No. All right. This next line, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So, you know, that makes me think of like, I have these best friends. Um, there's uh, several of us that grew up in our summer home together. And these girls, they're my people. Like they're my beloveds. And I, you know, on Instagram posts, we'll do like hashtag, hashtag my people, you know, my beloveds. And I, I know, so I know what that means and I know how that feels, you know, and to, to be claimed and to be named that we are God's people. We are his folks. And the sheep of his pasture. So again, like that metaphor that it just runs through the Bible so, so, so much that we are his sheep. We are, you know, his people. Um, again, just something we need to be reminded of all the yeah, time. I, mean, I think liturgically we do a great job of that. Um, right. You think about baptisms, right? You baptize a baby who's done nothing. The congregation turns and faces this newly baptized child and says, we receive you into the household of God, right? There's that idea that, that we're in this together. And then what's the last prayer you and I pray as, as the body's laid into the ground, essentially? Mm -hmm. We commend your servant. Acknowledge we humbly beseech you a sheep of your own fold, a lamb of your own flock, a sinner of your own redeeming. So even when you know the body lies at rest, we get to pray one last remembrance. This person is yours, God. Yeah. So verse four, um, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Um, that wonderful reminder that we need to say thank you. That wonderful reminder that we need to praise God. Um, on Sunday mornings, I love to say, I'm so glad we're here to worship the Lord because I feel like that little hour every Sunday is the least we can do is to worship the Lord. You know, 
I wish we could do it every day. I don't know if I have the stamina to do it every day, but um, I feel like it's. And so, when again, when people are like, why do we come to church? I mean, there's a lot of reasons, you know, to be loved, to show God's love. But really, the main one is like, isn't it the least we can do to give thanks and praise to the person who loves us beyond comprehension? You know? Yeah. I mean, that idea of gathering for corporate worship or or not even corporate worship, that's what we do on Sundays. Um, and that's what we're encouraged to get to do. You know, do not cease gathering together. Like this is scriptural stuff. But how often do we do that? Yeah. Well, you do it on Sundays, but but folks do that maybe every other Sunday on right. average. Um, and it's so lucky. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I, I don't blame them. I mean, when COVID shut down, like, me too. No judgment. Yeah. Sitting on my couch in the morning when I didn't have somewhere to be going to brunch. That's really. And so that is, begs the question of the church is what what compelling thing do we offer to folks? Not yeah. like we're sales pitchy, but like yeah. we actually have to think folks aren't just coming here because it's the societal thing to do. What is actually our purpose for existence? Right. It's well, and I think that's why together. we do do all these fellowship events and we do all these things to engage people. But once they're in, like my hope is that we'll go back to this verse of the song. We're here to praise God. You know, that's really it. But we got to get them in there somehow. Yeah. And I think that's part of our job. Okay, this last line may be my favorite. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. There's so much in there. The Lord is good. The Lord is good all the time. In the bad situations. The Lord is good. That's right. In the bad situations and the good situations, over and over and over, God is good. I've told the story before, but, you know, um, my little cousin, when she had cancer and, you know, her mother saying to me, why is this happening? And, you know, and, and my dad reminding me that no matter what happens in this, God is good. And that's exactly where this comes from. His steadfast love endures forever. So again, that love, that just warmth, that tenderness, that compassion. And maybe my favorite line and his faithfulness to all generations. So What's so incredible about God is this started way, 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 way before us and is going to go way, 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 way after us. doesn't matter what the generation is. It doesn't matter who the person is. It doesn't matter what color their skin is, how they, they vote politically. None of those things. That love is generation to generation and just full of God. You know, and I think it's a perfect way to end this psalm every day, you know, to remember that. Yeah, I mean, I think that helps put us in mind like we're, you know, we're playing the long game here. And it's like parenting, right? The days are long, but the years are fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that like, hard times are, are real and they may last a really long time, but a hard lifetime to God, right? Like this is generations we're talking about. And so how do we proclaim God's goodness um, in the midst of what we're going through? Because we know that that sets the table for who's coming next. Right. And for who's Mm -hmm. coming like people, we don't generations yet unborn, right. That how, how will they know? Because we're the inheritors of things from people 
that, you know, 4,000 years ago started all of this. And so mm-hmm. how do we not take this number one, why I don't take things so seriously, right? I don't actually care if acolytes mess up. Like I want people to have fun. I want people to worship. You know, if I have to swap out the colors because the altar guild, you know, mix something up or if someone has to fix some, I get a little hung up if people have to fix things that I messed up because Me I'm, I hold myself to high standards. I'm chill. If we have to start the service five minutes, we had a funeral here last week, two weeks ago. And um, the grandson of the deceased is uh, special needs. And so mm-hmm. they were coming and stuck in traffic and like texting going around. And, you know, it's like a minute tell. And they come and say they're almost here. I'm like, yeah, we come on. No problem. Yeah. If we have to, you know, if we don't start the 1030 service right at 1030 because something's going on that that is more important in the bigger scheme of things, like the world will continue spinning. And that's a reminder to me. The psalm is a reminder that, that God is good, right? Even if we miss our cues, God is good. Even if things don't go our way all the time, God is good all the time. Yeah, I completely agree with you. We're very similar in our thought process of worship and, and how that should go. Someone asked me one time what my um, favorite worship service was. I think I've said this a million times. It's when I mispronounce a word in the gospel or an acolyte pours wine on my sheath, like when it's not perfect, because I know the love for the, that the Lord has for us. I really don't think God's up there judging me on that. You know, I just don't. Well, this was fun to talk about the Jubilate. I loved it. And, you know, listeners, we say this to you every week, but maybe this is exactly where this, where this God put this on my heart one day when I started, when we started this podcast, um, is from the Jubilate. So almost three years in or yeah, almost three years in, um, here we go. Remember that we love you, but most importantly, God does. <laughs> <laughs>